Welcome to the Galen Trombley Show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on social media at Galen Trombley. I hope you enjoy the show. Greetings. Please hold for a very important message. Light speed sequence initiated. How may I help you? Bonjour. Security breach. The truth shall set you free. <laughs> awesome. It's a miracle. Mission complete. Thank you. Have a nice day. Hopefully that made it. Yeah. Our early sound effects. So, yeah. um, hello everybody. Episode two twenty six of the Galen Tron Blee Show. Guest is Brandon Sample of. He's the owner at Rainbow Wedding and Banquet Hall. You've probably seen him. I think people have called him the like the party guy or the fun guy. Or he just it's you see him around. He's always having a good time. Always always uh, upbeat and a uh, lot of energy. And you obviously have run or are now. You've been involved, I mean, probably three decades now. Since I was 11 um, years old, yeah. Yeah, so at, you know, the family uh, wedding, banquet hall, that's probably everybody in the North Country has gone to at least once in their life. So it's the wedding capital of the great Northeast, as my dad would say. That's, so so <laughs> if, give, give, us, give us some background. Who, who, who are you? How'd you get here? Uh, yes, Brandon Sample. Uh, I drove here in a 15-passenger van, which we also use to drive drunk people home at the end of the night. The more you drink, the further we drive. Uh, if you're listening to this, you probably heard all my one-liners before, but <laughs> buckle up. Here they come. Um, so, uh, yes, my, my parents started uh, Peck and Jane. They started the Rainbow uh, Banquet Hall. Uh, started out as Rainbow Tavern. Uh, in the early 90s. And my dad uh, has always been an entrepreneur, always looking five years ahead and always owned some sort of business. And uh, uh, I suppose in, in, so yeah, Rainbow Tavern is what it started out in, in Altona uh, or beautiful downtown Altona, as I like to say. There's another one, zinger for you. Um, and so in 95, they kind of got sick of the tavern uh, aspect of the, of the business and doubled the size of the Blue Room, uh, which is the original room. And started doing private events, private parties. Um, 2005, uh, uh, business was good. They were turning away business, so that kind of called for an expansion. Uh, built the White Room in 2005. Uh, we had Hillary Clinton there in 2005 when she was state senator. That really helped put us on the map. Uh, we make it a point not to be too political. Her money was green. We took it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, still turning away business, so my parents uh, built the, uh, the Gold Room in 2007. And, um, uh, yeah, it's been working out great. But a few years ago, uh, the, the barn theme really, really hit. And uh, I kept hearing from couples, uh, you know, we love you guys, but we're looking for a barn. You know, food's great, looking for a barn. Whatever, looking for a barn. So uh, one day I finally said, fuck it, build my own damn... Can I swear? You can. Fucking right. You, oh, shit. <laughs> you, can, you can do it. I don't I don't actually blurb it, bleep it out, so... Okay. This is raw. This is I, good. I thought about that on the way here. I'm like, can I... And I, I forgot that. But anyway. I, I want you to be as as a real brand as you can be. So yeah. Fair enough. So we decided <laughs> to uh, build our own barn, and uh, I'd never have to listen to that ever again. And uh, uh, I tell people anything uh, pretty in there. My wife picked out, except for the urinals. Uh, that was me. Uh, no big deal. <laughs> Um, and, uh, but yes, who's Brandon Sample? So love the business. I get paid to go to a party every weekend. Uh, family man, uh, love my wife, my two kids. Um, I'll give credit to their dad. Technically I'm their, their stepdad, uh, but I love these kids. Like they're my own. They're uh, pretty phenomenal. Uh, I love my turnkey family. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, I like skiing, still play, uh, co-ed soccer. Um, I like to stay active and, uh, and uh, like I said, yeah, I get paid to go to a party every weekend. What? 
So we'll unpack this a little bit. Uh, yeah, that's a lot. The the, uh, the actual thing that drew me is you're still playing uh, co- like soccer, mm-hmm. um, indoor. Yep, our team name is We Were Good 15 years ago. I, that's perfect. Yeah, I, how's how's the knees holding up on that? Uh, not too bad. You know, I, like I said, I still ski and stuff. Uh, I just <coughs> got back from a, a trip last week, actually, uh, visiting my sister in Idaho. And uh, uh, no, we're actually the the old team in the league. Um, I think everybody have, on our team. Do you have is, Maddie Ormsby on it? You know, you know what's funny about that? Because Matt was good 20 years ago. So this is... So him and I played together at Clinton. That's how I got to know Matt. Okay. Uh, we were on the same team. And uh, I ran into him at the Crate Center, uh, which sadly is no more. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I, it was right after COVID too. And I was like, Matty, we should put the old Clinton team to back together and uh, the, the Clinton Cougars. And, and uh, he's like, yeah, great idea. And then we played that first session together. And then I think he hurt his knee or something like that. And then the guy just disappeared. Now I only see him when I play against him. <laughs> yeah, no, Matt's great. Matt, Matt's like the Cal Ripken, I think. Or he's gonna he's gonna be like the, the Tom Brady of the league. Like he's gonna still play. Oh, for real. He he reads the ball so well to play, and yeah, and I hate playing against him. But yeah, I love he's him a at good same time. You no, know, great guy. Um, so you get in the family business now. You said you started at eleven. What was like your first memory of of the uh, the banquet hall, or because was it the tavern at the time or the banquet hall when you started? Uh, I suppose technically it would be the the we started into banquets and such. Yeah, the addition was made. Uh, I do remember as a kid like the tavern aspect of it, uh, just going in on Sundays to help you know find quarters on the floor and and, and sweep and, and play pool and foosball and stuff like that. Uh, it was funny actually. All the older drunk people would always get mad at this little, you know, eight year old who would beat them in pool and stuff like that. It was it was quite a fun. The only childhood. one that's seeing straight, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had my little bar stool in the corner. And my ruby had grapefruit juice, and and uh, it was yeah, hustling. It was, it was it was a fun uh, it was a fun childhood for sure. Uh, I remember Dave. Um, uh, Dave Jeanette too. Um, I don't know if you know him, yep. but, uh, uh, yeah, he was always my foosball partner as well too. And, uh, he played back. I play front, but, uh, <laughs> anyway, um, yes. So what was the question? I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> so what was, what was your first memory of it? Memory? What? Yeah, I, I guess, uh, just, uh, being around the crowd, uh, serving actually one of the first parties I remember working is actually the Shazy, uh, um, oh no, uh, I guess that was the, one of the first one. Yeah, you guys, because you guys have been coming doing business with us for quite a few it was years. Probably two thousand. Well, two thousand four was the, was the year. year, so five maybe. Yeah, so I guess at that point I was sixteen years old. So yeah, I was four years into my quote unquote career, four or five years into it. Um, but yeah, just uh, serving people, you know, doing what we do today: busting tables, serving salads, doing dishes, uh, getting paid five dollars an hour, and uh, uh, you know, thought I was rolling in the money back then, and it was it was, it was good. I was going to say, when I got my first job around then, I think it was 5.15 was minimum wage. Mm-hmm. It was like, and you got it. You're like, this is great, you know? Oh, but yeah. Now you're like, how the heck is, you know, it's funny. Um, but so when when you started off, did you, uh, like, as you got older, so you did it, and you, everybody has, like, jobs you do in high school and stuff. Like, did you go to college? You went to Clinton, you said, right? Yeah. But did you go do anything after that? Or was it always, did you have plans to go do something? Or were you like, you know what, I'm just going to get something, but I'm going to always want to come back and do the party stuff. Yeah, see, I wasn't super proactive, and I feel like my parents kind of set me up like that too, to an extent, because I think in the back of their minds, they really wanted me to take over the family business afterwards. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't until the last week of high school, actually, that I, I was, remember I was eating my stuffed chicken breasts in the senior lounge uh, with my maple syrup, and uh, I was like, you know, high school is almost done. Like, I should probably go sign up for college, right? That's what you do. And and it's funny because my kids now, Owen is going to, uh, he's applying for colleges and he's a oh senior God. this year. And wow. uh, and to see like what we're doing to kind of help him push him along for the college experience. 
And looking back to my childhood, like my parents didn't do any of that, but you know, they're always working. And, and, uh, I will say like, they're always there to my sporting games. Like, I don't know how, like how busy they were. I feel like they're at every single, you know, soccer, basketball, yeah. tennis match or whatever. Um, so, you know, that, that is kind of instilled in my, my childhood memory, I guess. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so I, I did two years at Clinton community and, uh, I remember I signed up for my major something with business and uh you know and i feel like high school just did not prepare me for the the next step but uh, nobody was really helping pushing me along and and nor was i proactive myself and uh but i guess i knew i was fortunate i always knew that i had the family business to uh fall back on and i think secretly my parents were kind of grooming me to uh to, to to take that over so they didn't want to give me too many options after high school i think was uh, their plan so when you went to college and business, was that because of the influence of your parents? Yeah, it made sense. Out? Yeah, and they didn't push me one way or the other. Really, I could have done anything I wanted, I think, and uh, and they wouldn't have given me any grief about it. Uh, they would have been very supportive. Uh, they always have been. Um, but uh, yeah, something with business. I, I kind of grew up in it, so I was uh, enlightened to an extent uh, with uh, with what we were doing. So uh, it made sense to, to continue that way. So throughout college, were you still working there? I was, yep. Um, so... When you get out of college, like at what point did like did you do anything from leaving college in, or as soon as you got out of college, you just you just kind of went into the business, and then things just kind of evolved to where they're at now? Yeah, as soon as I turned eighteen, I started bartending immediately, and um, uh, and boy, I, I was good at it. It was fun. It was like the beautiful dance uh, back there behind the bar, and and now I'm terrible. Uh, but uh, I just you know it's one of those things. If you don't use it, you lose it. I feel like. And, uh, so yes, bartending really, uh, kept me involved and then, uh, and, you know, seeing the tips and stuff like that, it was, uh, uh, financially motivating, I suppose. And, and the, of course it just, uh, and, and then actually my parents set me up strategically, might add to, uh, uh, take over like the decoration aspect of the business okay. and, and certain things just kind of fell into place to, to make that work. So like the interior design part, portion of it. Yeah, just uh, like room decorations, centerpieces, chair covers, um, all the, like the little extras, I guess, the add-ons. Um, and then I, I had space within the building to kind of keep inventory. Um, and so having that aspect of the business early on while I was still young, fresh out of school, uh, that, again, helped keeping me motivated, I guess, uh, to see like a financial return immediately without really having to um, invest much into it. How did you... Did you ever try to like to learn the business or to try to, you know, get better at everything and make it, you know, stand out or evolve? I mean, did you, how did you do that? Was that just kind of trial and error and you just kind of figured it out as you went? Or did you seek out other, you know, wedding halls or did you, you know, where, where did you get, because it's evolved quite a bit from when mm -hmm. I remember it, you know, those first few years to where it's at now, obviously with like four locations or four different spaces and four everything venues. else. Yeah. Venues. So, um, I guess how has that evolution happened and like how have you grown from like a knowledge base is like what works what doesn't work is it yeah I mean uh, again my dad was always very good at always looking five years ahead and kind of seeing trends and, and looking at the economy and, and everything mm -hmm. else and mom was always a, a, just a super hard worker uh, who was great with the people she loved people uh, the people loved her uh, uh, and just very good at keeping the business um, like very family um, uh, like the aesthetic of a family, I guess. Mm -hmm. When when you work there, you become family, whether you like it or not. Uh, if you get married with us, you become family, whether you like it or not. <laughs> you know, um, and then, uh, um, but yeah. So there are clearly two of my my big influences growing up, obviously for obvious reasons. 
Um, but then, uh, I don't know, just other things kept uh, popping up too, like the, the DJ service. I DJed from 2010 till 2017. Uh, Jeff Matthews uh, from Ellenberg, he was uh, had dance rhythms, uh, and he uh, was looking to get out of that. His son was growing up. Uh, he was staying busy with the store, La Bears in Ellenberg. And, uh, and so he was looking for somebody to, to take over the DJ business as well, too. And, I mean, it made sense to me to, to keep that going. Um, so I was either bartending um, on the weekends or if DJing, DJ came first, then bartending, um, and then having that extra decorations aspect. But you know what, actually, you talk about how I follow trends and, and how that came to life. Uh, what was a great asset later on, I don't know when it actually came to be, but Pinterest. Pinterest has made my life so much easier, yeah. uh, especially back then. Because when we first started the decoration aspect of the business, uh, I can remember almost, I can almost see the conversation when uh, the bride says, you know, what, what can you offer me? And I was like, I don't know. It was like my first meeting. <laughs> you know, what do you like? <laughs> I don't, like, I, I didn't know what questions to ask. I, you know, I really just uh, learned as I went. And, uh, but nowadays, uh, the bride, she'll, she'll look at Pinterest before she ever comes in and she already has an idea and then she can show me a picture and I'm, you know, smart enough to figure out how to put it together. And, and, uh, and now, you know, I got a, a great team around me too, who I've kind of handed off a lot of that responsibility to, to some of the, the key people here at the banquet hall still. Um, but, uh, but, but Pinterest, you know, ha- has made life easy. Um, so when you, when you mentioned like a, like a team and, and where, cause you said before we started, I was like, what, what's your title? Like, what do you do? And you're like, I don't really like titles. We just, and I think this is, you know, very true knowing the members of your family. Like you just kind of, if something needs to be done, someone does it, you know? And, and, mm-hmm. but how do you break up? I'm, I'm guessing you're from a vision standpoint and everything, you could still consider yourself, you know, kind of near the very top of, you know, of decision-making and things like that. But how do you, um, who, who's your support staff and like, how do you go about your day to day of, you know, whether it's delegation, whether it's like, what do you focus on? Yep. Um, so when my parents got out of it, um, or, or step back at least, or, or, or mom passing away, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, that was a fear of mine of, of how do I do all these things myself? And the honest answer is, you know, you just can't. You really got to find people that you trust um, uh, and that care. You know, I, we don't need somebody to know everything, but I just need somebody to care, care about the business, care about the customer. Um, you know, people are paying good money to, to come do a wedding with us, and, and we want to show them the, the best time and, and not just put a face on. You know, like we sincerely love the love the business and, and what we do. Um, uh, Brooke, I suppose, uh, she's basically our general manager now. Uh, she does a lot of the meetings for me too. I'll, I'll do the initial meeting when uh, and somebody new comes in, uh, but she's great at following um, uh, or filling out the worksheet, doing the different details and working with the centerpieces and um, and, and just doing all those uh, preliminary um, discussions, like I guess. Consultations and stuff. Yeah, exactly. And uh, and the the bride's uh, lover as well too. Uh, they feel comfortable. Brooks in their room for the most part from start to finish too. So it's nice to get familiar with all of us. Uh, Lindsay also, she's our head bartender and like all things decorations and setup and, and, uh, and, and both these girls too, they, they'll stay late. They'll come early. Uh, they'll, whatever it takes to get things done. Like they won't just say, ah, you know, it's, it's uh, five o'clock. I gotta go, you know? And, and, uh, I'm really, really appreciative <laughs> to have people that like that who mm-hmm. will, who will stick around and, and make sure the d- job is done complete. Uh, Ashley, she runs our kitchen in the back too. 
Uh, she's got so many things going on in her life and yet she still makes work a priority and she takes such good care of that kitchen for me. Um, and just so thankful to, to have all of them too. Um, and then, you know, uh, after them too, you know, there's another support staff after that as well too. Um, so, <laughs> and they'll, they almost know not to assign me any task like on the weekends or anything like that during parties because, uh, I'm like a squirrel, Galen. Like I see something shiny and I, I go chase it. I go talk to somebody or just, I get caught in a conversation for too long. And, but, um, like I, I look at like a, it's funny cause your business is, I mean, it's a business and you're, you're putting on an event, but you still have the idea of networking and like, whether you call it like schmoozing or whatever, like you're, you're mm-hmm. kind of, when I think of rainbow, I think of you like, and obviously I thought of your parents too, you know, when I was younger and it was always like Pex Place. Like I didn't even think it was Rainbow. I think I don't think I knew it was Rainbow until people still call it Pex, and they're yeah. like, well, "I'm sorry, we didn't mean to offend you." I love when people call it Pex. Yeah, I mean, that's, I grew up it brings knowing it. Yeah, I grew up. Was it ever called Pex? Um, or was that just no? I don't think so. Like local slang and yeah, everybody just knows him as Peck. Peck's not even his real name either. I figure. What's his real name? Uh oh man, should we leave the mystery out there? Nah, no. You you can. I, I honestly don't know your dad's real name. It's Leonard. Leonard. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. So everybody just like I just knew it was like oh we're having the banquet at Pex or it's at Pex like yeah. for soccer we're going to Pex so yeah. um but but that's uh, going back to like the family business like mm-hmm. that is part of the reason why I, and, and I enjoy going around just talking to people yeah you know and, and it's, it's a family business we want you to feel like family it's not just a uh, one of those places Dad always said it like this you know he's very blunt you know we're not one of those places of you know give me your money get out of my face you know nothing like that yeah uh, uh we're thankful for the business uh we appreciate it and uh and you know it's just fun yeah. um yeah and i think no that's yeah I, I think it's important like for someone like you or whoever to really just be out there and even if you're not doing any like doing anything quote unquote like a task list like mm-hmm. just going out and meeting people is a massive part of a business set mm-hmm. of anything so um now you have the support staff you have that like you said the the girls that you just spoke about how many in to- how how many people in total on any given night or weekend are there um, or even because most of your events are weekends, right? Primarily, yeah. So if you had like today's a Tuesday, are there people there doing stuff, prepping? Yes. or So like every day, how many people typically are there? And then like on weekends, what's the numbers change to? Uh, yeah, during the week, there's usually a beginning, like everybody takes uh, Sunday, well, except for the cleaning staff, I guess we mm-hmm. come in on Sunday at seven o'clock to just get the room turned around and, and uh, you know, it doesn't smell like stale beer or something on the floor or whatever so we get the room cleans on sunday uh monday everybody takes off i go in i'll do uh, uh payroll and the grocery order uh tuesday the grocery truck comes uh, ashley's there right now to, to accept the truck and check everything off and put things away and and uh brooke and uh, and uh Lindsay are there right now setting up as well too just getting ahead with you know folding napkins and silverware and um, uh, staffing. Oh, I hate staffing. I hate doing the calling people and the scheduling. I hate that. Uh, Brooke does that. Love okay. It. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, um, uh, yeah, Wednesday, the, the other kitchen staff will come in and start doing some food prep and just getting organized. And, uh, same thing with Thursday. And usually parties actually generally in the summertime start on Friday. We do mm-hmm. a lot of rehearsal dinners. Um, and then Saturdays obviously is the, the big day. I think we have 74 weddings scheduled for this year. Oh my God. Plus, you know, not to mention like, uh, rehe- then rehearsal dinners or mother's day, new year's Eve, uh, you know, yeah, different Eve, yeah. company parties. We have Sean back coming this weekend for the first time ever. I'm very excited about that one. As like a corporate company. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yep. They got the CEO flying in from Germany too. And, oh no shit. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. Um, so, and like on, say on a Saturday, um, are all four venues booked typically? Um, I mean, it definitely happens. Mm-hmm. Probably only like 
five times a year or so. Um, so on a night like that, how many, like, are you going from venue to venue throughout the night? Yeah. So I keep Brooke in the, in the barn, the Brookside barn. So three of the venues are connected, right? Yep. The blue room, white room, gold room. And then across the parking lot is the barn. Mm-hmm. So I'll generally stay in the, uh, the main buildings and I call them the main building, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the Brooke will, I'll keep her over at the barn. And so we try to stagger the dinner times by an hour at least. And by doing so, we can still be very efficient on on the service. You know, my priority uh, when I'm bouncing around room to room is, one, making sure the ceremony starts on time, and then two, um, uh, the dinner starts on time. And so we'll leave one to two people in charge of each room. That'll stay stationary. And then we'll have a, a, another support cast, I guess, if we want to call them, that kind of bounce room to room uh, to, you know, work the buffet, to get the food served, to get the plates picked up in a, a, a you know appropriate time. Uh, and then we'll leave the two people, one or two people who are in charge of the room to, to serve cake or, or do some of the, the cleanup at the end, like picking up salt and peppers or, or whatever the case may be. So there's overlap within the staff between all the buildings? Yep. Yep, exactly. Okay. So by having that one hour stagger time of uh, mm-hmm. the dinner times, that keeps us very efficient. I was going to say, because once the party kind of gets going, is like as long as you have bartenders and a couple people just running around, that's probably all you need, right, to maintain? For the most part, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then maybe you'll get like a spill. You got to go pick up. But uh, again, that's why you got at least the one person in charge of the room to uh, pay attention to those types of things. Um, so I, I guess, so the, the week is, you guys are always busy. Like, it's just like there's always stuff to do. And it, like, do you ever feel overwhelmed of like, we're just not going to be ready for the party or have you guys simplified the process enough where it's not like the variables are under your control for the most part? Um, God, I just got such a great staff. They get it done. Like we, we even when we're stressed at the max and we're tired, we're running on fumes. Uh, like especially when we have weddings, like back to back to back sometimes Friday, Saturday, Sunday in the same room, we stay late, we clean, we reset. Um, I'll shout out to everybody. What's our motto? And they all yell back. We don't get tired. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, but, uh, yeah, whenever we do get nervous, like, are we going to get this done? Like we just have the attitude. It always works out. And yeah. we, you know, people will, will step up to the plate. They'll, they'll make it happen. Uh, you know, we'll all do what it takes to, to get it done. And that goes back to caring, you know, like mm-hmm. just because uh, maybe your hour is, uh, is up, uh, you know, you're not necessarily going to go home. You're, you're going to make sure uh, everybody pitches in. Teamwork makes a dream work. Uh, so everybody pitches in. So we're not leaving one person hanging or two people hanging. Uh, everybody continues to pitch in until it's all done. So we all leave at the same time. So very like a task oriented group. It's like you complete the task, then we're done. Not like you said, not yeah. a clock. And, and I, when I when I say that, I'm referencing like the like the late night resets, especially mm-hmm. that that's when the most stress is is in play. People are just tired and want to get out of there. And yeah, you know, it's a long day. Um, it's a long day. How, how how late are you guys there on a night of a wedding? To uh, what hour in the morning? Yeah, it depends. Uh, you know, if it's, if the wedding just ends, uh, you know, generally around like 10, 11 o'clock, most weddings end. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, we'll, we'll lock up and, and go home. And then I usually come back the next morning with another team at seven o'clock to just start cleaning. Um, but otherwise, if there's a party the next day, well, then I don't know, we might not get out of here till like two, three o'clock in the morning. And then, uh, and then I always come back around seven, eight o'clock or so, or maybe the bride's coming earlier at six. I don't know. We don't sleep much. Um, I was going to say, so how do you, like, how do you, uh, maintain like your energy, your health, your, like all this, like, do you, you don't nap or nap? I don't, you don't sleep much. You said like in general, or is that, 
yeah, we're, I'm a sample. We'll just keep going forward. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. So you just figure it out? But I do, I am a fan of naps. Um, okay. I've read like the, the ideal nap is what, 10 to 30 minutes or so? Yeah. Uh, like so the power nap. The power nap, yeah. yeah. I'm a fan of the power nap. So I'll uh, put on my earbud sometimes. And uh, like if I notice, especially when I'm at the computer, I hate sitting at the computer because I, I, that's when I tend to doze off. If I stay moving, I can keep moving. But if it's, uh, if I'm, ha- if I sit down, if I stop, then that's when my body wants to stop. And, and uh, so I'll do a power nap. I'll set my alarm for like 20 minutes if I have that much time or whatever and um, put on the, the white noise um, on Apple Music and okay. on my earbuds and, and uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll crash for 20 minutes and then I'll bounce right back. And um, Do you drink coffee? Uh, not afternoon. Okay. Uh, I, I drink it in the morning. My wife and I, we get up usually around 5, 5.30 in the morning and okay. uh, we'll have a cup of coffee together. So at least it's like a little uh, personal time, her and I. Yeah. And, um, um, but then, yeah, usually that's usually that morning coffee is usually my only coffee, but I'll make it a point not to drink afternoon. Cause I just like to make sure I get a good night's rest when I do get to sleep. So like normal, like Monday through let's say Thursday night, you can sleep pretty well. It's just the weekends that are a little chaotic or, uh, like is your schedule it, normal? Like today's a Tuesday. Like is your schedule? Like, like tonight you're like, I can go to bed at nine, 10 o'clock tonight and be fine. Yes, that's, that's typically what I do. And actually, Wednesday mornings, I usually go to work around like four o'clock in the morning. Uh, during, not so much over over the winter right now. It's slower. It's mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not as much business going on. But in the summertime, um, I, I make the wedding cakes myself. And uh, so on Wednesday morning, I'll usually go in around four o'clock to uh, to start the wedding cakes. Um, and uh, uh, yes, it's quiet. The phones aren't ringing. Um, you know, the, the kitchen staff isn't there yelling. God, the kitchen staff is so damn loud. I love them all individually <laughs> and I appreciate everything they do. But boy, when they get together, just get me out of there. <laughs> so so where, where'd you learn how to bake cakes? Is that just something you picked up throughout the years? Uh, like your parents teach you or did you? Yeah. So when I was in, I must've been in high school, I guess. Uh, dad and mom went down to Rochester and did a cake baking class for a weekend Boy, did we have one hell of a party while they were gone. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, so, and so, like, everything else, I just kind of learned from my parents, uh, hands-on learning. Yeah. Uh, you know, in school, I did okay in school, but uh, I, I definitely excel with the, the hands-on, doing it myself, and, and learning as I go, uh, for sure. Um, but going back to, you know, back in the day when it was my parents were, were involved, uh, you know, Saturday mornings, uh, and it's kind of, you know, to an extent kind of sad when I, I think it back to it. Cause it's just, you know, memories, I guess like that. Yeah. But you know, every Saturday mom would be working on the appetizers, the hors d'oeuvres, dad would be trimming the beef uh, and doing the bread. And I'd be working on the decorating the wedding cakes. And, and so then I had to learn how to, uh, you know, do all those things myself. And, and, uh, so I tried to do everything myself for a while. And then I learned to, uh, and I do a decent amount of that prep stuff in the morning. I like to get there early to give the staff time to come in, you know, maybe a little bit later in the day. Cause again, Saturday is just a long day, uh, for everybody. So I rather have the longer day myself. Um, but, uh, uh, so now I, I delegate again, of course, a little bit more, but what I started doing too, uh, cause some people might be thinking, boy, Wednesday to make cakes and then eat it Saturday. It's like going to dry out or what's, what's happening. Um, so what I started doing since COVID, um, I call them my COVID cakes. 
you don't get COVID from eating them that I know of. Um, but uh, I started making everything out the display. Oh, boy, is this going to, maybe I shouldn't be telling everybody the secret. Is, is Do you this, have a big following on this? Who's going to listen to I this? Mean, it's usually like 2 million an episode. So oh, that's it. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> You'll drum up some business. Yeah. Well, anyway, I'll, I'll tell you anyway, I guess. Um, but uh, uh, doing faux cakes, I guess, for a display. And during COVID, the thought was, uh, um, you know, people weren't breathing on the the food product that everybody mm-hmm. was going to consume afterwards, and and actually, it's just made the everything more efficient. So, you know, food costs and everything else has gone up, and of course, we raised our prices over the past couple of years. Uh, but the cake, I've been able to hold that price true uh, by getting just more efficient at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so by doing the faux cakes, uh, frosting styrofoam fresh each week, and still doing a wedge of cake in the back, so you can do the cake cutting ceremony in front of everybody. Um, uh, you know, allows me to do it a few days earlier than what, you know, might be suitable to eat per se. Mm-hmm. Um, and then doing the sheet cakes in the, in the back, you know, later in the week as well too. Gotcha. Um, and you know, it's great for a couple of reasons. One, it's not sitting out there on display, drying out all day. Uh, people aren't sneezing on it. Uh, I can put more filling in it. You know, if you're doing like caramel or something like that, um, you know, you can only put so much so it doesn't run out the side of the display cake. But when it's a sheet cake in the back, I fill it right up, and uh, it just makes it that much tastier. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, so it's the same. It's the same cake. It just visually doesn't because you cut it anyway. So it oh, comes of course. Down to, yeah, 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 yeah. Like nobody ever gets like the full nice looking cake. You get a little wedge of it, and you exactly. Yeah. And, and there's no downtime of like breaking down the cake, uh, slicing it, plating yeah. it, forking it, serving it. Uh, we can have it done a little bit ahead of time, and it just makes everything's so much more efficient it, it's it's yeah it's it's efficient i like to be busy how, i was gonna say how how um how much do you focus on efficiency in your business like are you constantly always looking at is there a better quicker you know like you said more out of the box kind of way to do this yes so that's like a bit as a big like focus of yours throughout the day or week or years yeah because we seem to be getting busier and busier and uh and you know staffing is expensive mm-hmm. and uh so if we can and then there's other dynamics to, you know, the more people you have, the more uh, personalities. Uh, more cooks in the kitchen. Work. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yep. Well, well said. Um, and so if we can be more efficient with the handful of, uh, of people that we do have working full time, uh, you know, all around, I, I feel like it's just it's just nicer if we can get away with that. How, uh, how many people are on payroll for you guys, ballpark? Um, or I guess full time and then like staff or like people that fill in? Is there one, two, three, four... Six, seven. Yeah, there's like a, there's like seven full time uh, people, um, and, and then we get a lot of uh, like the high schoolers on the weekend, the weekend warriors, you know, the, the the different high schoolers to come as their first job typically, and they're bussing tables and serving the buffet with us and and work alongside and, of us. And I'm guessing that, that's a mixture of northeastern NAC for the most part. Students? Yeah, it, it goes through phases. Those are our t- prime two primary schools for sure. Every but, once in a while, Beekman Town or something like but that. But you'll you'll be able to bring in like I mean for the most part. Um, that becomes kind of word of mouth or turnovers pretty easy with the high school kids? Generally, yes. During COVID, it was very difficult mm-hmm. because we cut back on staffing so much. During 2020, we did 11 weddings, all less than 50 people. Terrible year. Wow. And so generally what happens is most kids work with us for two to three years. So a lot of times, uh, we'll, you know, the seniors in high schools, they'll train the younger kids, the, mm-hmm. the juniors uh, or sophomores potentially. Um, and it's just kind of follow the leader. Uh, during COVID, you know, we just cut back to just our full-time staff. And so we didn't have that transition of learning yep. here, you yep. know, from, from the, the older kids, uh, to the younger kids. And so, uh, so that was, that was challenging back in t- well, 2022, even, um, uh, well, 2022 was a bad 2021 was, was rough. 
2022 was so-so and now we're actually we're getting a really nice uh group of kids right now too that um well i'm trying to make it known too that you know if you're ever looking for a full-time job you know college may not be for everybody like mm-hmm. we can we can accommodate you too um so within the the actual like banquet space like what else like from when I first started going, which my first memory was the blue room, which might have been the soccer tournament. It was one yeah. back then, and then I remember the white one being built, and went in that soon after. I think for, I think when we had mine my senior year, we were in the white room, and that I think had just been built, which would have made sense. Two thousand seven, eight, right around that time. The yeah, the white room was two thousand five. The gold room two thousand seven. Oh, okay. So I'm going, I'm losing my, so yes, 2005 was the first year I did it. And that was in the white room. We also did it in 07 in the white room too. But the, I remember the first year we did it was like, it was brand new, which would have been 05. So that makes sense. Yeah. I'll I remember my you guys right. were in blue, you were in the blue room the though. Blue was the first, blue was the first year. Yeah. And then it went to the white room. Cause I remember the white one, I remember being on stage at the, in the white room with the 05 team. And yeah. then also the 07 team, we did the boys and girls. That was the same year. Yeah. I rooted for Shay-Z every year just because we got business from you every year. I was going <laughs> to so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I was going to say the whole, team. The, whole ta- the whole town went. Yeah, for, sure. for real. It was, uh, it was, yeah, we appreciate the business. The uh, And then I think the gold room, my first memory was my cousin got married there in 08, June of 08, but it was in the gold room, which would have made sense, right? Yeah. I remember your Shay-Z soccer team too. I remember the first banquet that they did in the gold room was part of the reason they moved from the white room to the gold room because uh, you had so many people because both the girls and the guys won one of those years. Oh, you're right. Yep. Because when you walk in, they were all up in the front. They weren't mm-hmm. like, because the white room, I think we were off on this, like yeah. when you walk in, it was on the right side. The end of the room, Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And you had like the windows behind and um, so... I remember going in there the first time, and that room was like, because every year, like the blue room gets bigger to the white room gets bigger to the gold room. So Correct, then it was just yeah. like you kept going in, like, God, just, yeah. we just renovated some of those rooms too this past year, also. The gold room, we did a whole new makeover. Uh, the blue room as well, too. We threw some paint up there and put new flooring down. Is it still blue? Um, so the, in the blue room, the upper walls, it's a, it's, it's carpet. Most people don't recognize that it's actually carpet, okay. but, uh, yeah. um, but we did, uh, my parents said that one, you're not poking holes, uh, through the walls when you want to hang something. And, and then acoustics uh, are a little bit nicer in there too. Oh yeah. Um, but, uh, but in there, so the lower half is like that wood wainscoting. Yep. And so we painted that white and then put, uh, we leveled out the floor again and, uh, and, and put the, uh, just painted the wainscoting white, I guess. Um, you know, the blue room is our quote unquote, you know, budget friendly room or, or whatnot. So we try not to put too much money into that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then the gold room, uh, yeah, we put new flooring down as well. Uh, painted the walls, uh, white, ripped the carpet off the walls. Oh, wow. Uh, painted the lower half of that charcoal and put some beams up going across. We're going to stain those here this week as well. Um, uh, they're fresh cut. Um, uh, yeah. Raw lumber i, I guess say like timber wood type yeah so yeah uh rough cut that's the word yeah rough cut yeah uh so yeah we waited a year to let that dry out before we we stain that so we're gonna do that this week are you still calling it the gold room like the names all staying the same you know we went back and forth about that the the, the chandeliers are still gold you know okay. and actually yep. i feel like they pop even more now they get the white ceiling background yeah it makes sense because um, it used to be like a burgundy right or no this it was, it was like a goldish color everything was gold like it was, was it gold? okay yeah it was I'm, like i'm colorblind so that's why i'm like it totally could have been not yeah burgundy. i've ever been like kind of a dark it wasn't white it wasn't anything light it's like my mom and donald trump got together and it was like it's gold we're gonna put a gold <laughs> but no it, it had its run it, it was very pretty for many years but it was uh 
uh, it was a little bit darker. It was due for a little lightening up uh, to, to come alive again. But yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as changing the room, we, I went back and forth about it. I'm a very nostalgic fella, uh, you know, because when I think of Gold Room, I think of all the hard work that my parents put into the mm-hmm. building. And so I, I hate to change certain things like that. Um, however, you know, I think of what my mom would do and her attitude would be whatever's going to make you money, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh, you know, she'll be thankful that I'm thinking of her, you know, about changing things or not changing things. And, but at the end of the day, you know, it's, she loved the business so much, whatever would benefit the business. And, uh, so anyway, do we change the name? Do we not? I was thinking about change. We're putting it out there on Facebook to like people vote on it just yeah. for, for marketing purposes, yeah, just to get people absolutely. chatting about it. Um, but, um, uh, but it, it's selling on its own. Uh, the barn is our, our first selling room. Uh, people love that. My wife did a great job with uh, so that. So that's the biggest selling point, it or, is. The, or the most popular one right now. Yeah, uh, it is. Um, and uh, and uh, yeah, the gold room is is, is second now. And, um, and yeah, the the blue and the white room uh, have their space as well too. Um, so the how, the barn um, can fit the most amount of people, right? Gold room actually. Oh, it is. So what's the capacity on all the rooms? Um, so the largest wedding we did in the barn is about 350, mm-hmm. um, uh, maybe 360 or so. There's a, the Kutcher wedding, and then uh, uh, Maddie Phillips uh, got married in there, too. They, ha- they had the biggest weddings. Wow. Um, and you could put a few more people up in the balcony if you really wanted to. Obviously, it's more ideal to kind of keep everybody together, but uh, I figure you're putting about 80 people up in that balcony if you really had to. Um, wow. But, uh, uh, but you know, in the barn, too, you know, the bar – You've been in there, you yeah. know, the bars in there, like you got to keep the tables away from the bar. You got to keep the tables away from the bathrooms. Uh, uh, whereas in the gold room, you know, you got that initial entrance way where mm-hmm. the bar is in the bathrooms. Uh, but the main ballroom is just one huge rectangle. So you can, you can really put some tables in there. So you, you, cause a, a wedding with 360 people, that's a massive wedding. It's a good crowd. Yeah. Um, so when you go, so the gold room can hold what, close to 500 maybe? Yeah. New Year's Eve, we typically sell out. We can do more, but we, it's more comfortable at 550. We, we stopped selling tickets at 550 for wow. New Year's Eve. That's wild. Yeah, now I've never been to a New Year's Eve thing there, but I know it's like, it's oh. the biggest party in town. It's my, it's cause of my Northern. catchy slogan. Come as you are, come in your car, get your ass to the open bar. Is what we say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, is, is that like your, is that like the biggest night of the year for you guys? Uh, it, it's a very good night. Certainly. I was gonna say, or maybe beyond like four weddings going on at the same time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, when you can do volume like that, it makes a difference. But how long have you guys been doing the New Year's Eve party? Oh my God, I can remember as a kid. Uh, uh, you know, before I hit puberty, uh, pulling out the winning ticket. So, <laughs> so my wife doesn't go in public with me sometimes because I say just stupid shit. That's, sometimes. That's okay. uh, and you know, the other interview remind me of the question because I'm going to go sidetrack right now. The other interview I listened to you on uh, before I came on was uh, Corey Lewis, yeah. and I yep. texted Lewis and uh, I was like, "Man, I'm a little nervous about going on the the Galen Trombley show." And I'm like, "You did great," and and I'm like, "I'm nervous because I say stupid shit sometimes." And he's like. Man, if, uh, you know, if they don't want to listen to your stuff, then, you know, it's not worth your time. Or, you know, he's trying yeah, to say yeah. something motivational yeah, or whatever. Yeah, um, but, <laughs> yeah, yeah. but it was great. Um, like I said, what was the question? I, uh, Galen? <laughs> wait, let me, uh, the question, I, I'm, I, I lost it when you started going. Let me see. I The New Year's Eve. Oh, the New Year's. How long you did it? You said you, oh, you pulled yeah. the winning ticket. So yeah. actually, I was reminiscing with Nancy LaValle or Nancy Rabideau the other day too. Uh, she just came yesterday, and uh, back then it was in the blue room. So when it was just the, the single room, uh, so you know you're talking 1990, I would imagine mm-hmm. somewhere in that zone. 
Uh, but back then, yeah, they we used to give away so many like cash prizes and and liquor. Like everybody won something. It was so cool. Uh, and I was you know just the the cute kid and the little tux and little pudgy uh, the pudgy kid I guess uh, pulling out the winning tickets and and everybody won something big and small and it was it was a lot of fun. Now we just do uh, like thirty door prizes where um, yeah we give away some big screen TVs, a KitchenAid, some tablets, and some you know wine bottles and stuff like that. What a so. How much booze do you guys go through on like a given night on a wedding or a week or a year? Like, do you guys, like, where do you get all the booze? But because it's obviously like that's the main thing at weddings and bartending and stuff. But yeah, you like, have 300 something people there. Like, people put down some drinks. So, like, is it because you had the little store next door at one point, right? My parents said, yeah, way back in the day. And then, uh, yeah, Mountain Mart bought that. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they own that for the past. I know quite a few years and it's closed now i'm actually trying to buy it right now they the guy's dragging his feet to i don't know what's going to happen with that but i'd like okay. to buy it and cool. uh, uh put our ice cream stand in there too and then we get a lot more traffic uh, uh that vermont traffic going to go buy their cigarettes from the the reservation down the road um uh yes yeah, so i'd like to move that over there because we have that barnell creamery and grill yeah i'm gonna talk about that yeah yeah, yeah so i like the, the transition over there but uh yeah i don't know i'm not sure what's happening with that yet um like do you guys just stock all your as own as far drinks? as the booze yeah so we buy from the two big distributors uh southern glazier and wine and uh, um high peaks and um the saratoga eagle uh they bought out uh Plasper distributing when when jack was retiring and um uh what's the other one um high peaks uh, glazier there's a there's another liquor distributor anyway and um uh so yeah we keep a, a decent amount of inventory you know because the the stock four bars um, and, you know, over the winter, we'll definitely cut down on our inventory and just kind of move things bar to bar. So mm-hmm. we're not sitting on it or expiring or anything, but, um, but yes, generally, generally, you know, we're in a small town. We get a lot of repeat business, uh, same families, uh, a lot of them, we know if they're going to be drinkers or not. And, yeah. and I always like when people, you know, we ask them ahead of time, like if there's something we should stock up on or something we, we might not carry that, you know, they, they request that day and we'll, we'll make sure to get it in. But I love when people say, you know, we're going to, we're going to, you know, it's a competition sometimes. It's like, we're going to drink you out of Mick Ultra. I'm like, I hope you do. Because either way, I win. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Have you ever uh, had to do like runs during the party to go get more booze somewhere? Usually it's just from bar to bar. Okay. Yes, if, if that's the case. Yeah. Um, how, how hard is it for you guys, like the organization of the inventory and stocking and making sure you have, I mean, obviously the food and, and the, the drinks, but then also if you just need like chairs and tablecloths and all that like how do you keep track of all do you have a good system for that or is that just something that you're like we just kind of eyeball it and go from there um i suppose i hate to admit it to some extent we both i guess we we eyeball some things and and other things we do a better job of keeping track of things um you know as far as like linens and stuff we have just like a large large inventory um and, and we do that on purpose just you know some uh you know, they're, they're soiled. They're, they don't come out clean uh, in the laundry. You know, we'll, we'll toss them and keep everything fresh that way, too. Uh, like, we have a, a backup for everything. Uh, Dad taught me that, too. Have a backup for everything that you do. Um, so even uh, inventory for, like, alcohol, too. Like, Lindsay takes over, uh, has taken over the ordering mm-hmm. uh, for the, the beer and liquor. So uh, because she's our head bartender, too, uh, she does a great job of just having her eyes are on it more than mine are. I, that's another thing that I used to do. Um, but again, as the business has evolved, I, I just can't be everywhere at once. So thankful to have the great team to, to, you know, fill in the gaps. So what, um, I guess, I guess like, so your role, if you had to break down like what you do now, like where you are currently, like what, what's your major, major priorities or what's your major, like 
weekly, monthly, yearly kind of where's your focus is at? My, you know, cause my parents always had, I feel like me to fall back on if something was to happen to them. Mm-hmm. And so my fear is what happens if I get hit by a bus tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I've written, I have a, a notebook where I've written down like a lot of like accounts and passwords and, and stuff like that. And, and uh, between my, my wife, uh, Brooke and Lindsay, like they, they know a lot of the, the information. So my goal is to really have a handful of people that really know how to operate that business. If something was to happen to one of us, uh, we could all, you know, pitch in and fill in the gaps is, is my priority and in uh, uh, <laughs> fear, I guess, at the same yep. time. Um, so, you know, my role now is, you know, just overseeing for the most part, you know, there, there's a few things that I just do myself that nobody else does. Um, but at the same time, like I make sure like Brooke especially knows, at least has an idea of, of how I do some things or why I do some things. And, mm-hmm. um, but like I said earlier too, like when it comes to like the party day, they know not to assign me a task because I get distracted and, and also just so I can kind of pitch in if something's going wrong or, or, you know, plumbing or whatever, you know, there's feel like as big, the bigger the building gets like anything else, just the more things there is to fix. Mm-hmm. And, and so, you know, I, I'm able to just kind of pitch in where needed, uh, as a helping hand to, to keep everything running forward. Um, where's your, um, and, We'll kind of t- dive into some of these. It probably, this is probably actually. I'll, I'll come back to this. I think this would be a good one to re- go through. But so you've got obviously the barn, but now you have the Owl Barn Creamery, which is right there too, mm-hmm. um, which is an ice cream stand. I've been there before. It's great. Um, where did that come from? Is that just something you've always wanted to do, or is it like eh, we have the space, we have kind of the equipment, we can just kind of throw this thing together? Um, again, my dad is always great looking five years ahead of time. Mm-hmm. And he'd always had a dream about, uh, having an ice cream stand you know, there's decent margins in, uh, in ice cream, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there's other external factors that are expensive, you know? Um, and, uh, uh, we, so when we built the barn, we had it in the back of our mind that we would delegate a certain section of the building to the creamery stand. And, uh, it worked out perfectly because our first full season of the barn was 2019 and then COVID hit right after. So actually 2020, that ice cream stand was really our, our only source of income, uh, that was happening. Um, and so that, that's how that kind of, kind of came to be. And we ran it for the past couple of years, but, uh, it's just in a, it's in a poor location, I guess. And when, uh, when it comes right down to it, it's, uh, on the back road, the locals know about it, but the locals can only support us, you know, so much, they can mm-hmm. only eat so much ice cream and, and burgers and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I'd like to move that to the, to the main road right there on Woods Falls road and, and, um, and, and get some more traffic count that's driving by to stop in. And so you guys, um, and then you guys also just do like buffets and stuff too, in the barn area or uh, no in the barn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, well, it's I mean, a, you do like food and stuff too. No. A, are you talking about the barn owl, the, the creamery stand still? Well, or? you have that, but don't you guys do like meals and stuff at the, like, Oh, over the winter we did. Uh, yeah. yeah in the month of March, we did that too. Again, dad always had a, I feel like I'm fulfilling all of dad's dreams as best I can, you know, and, and uh, rightfully so, you know, the man's worked his ass off for so many years. I, I like to try to keep uh, going good with, with his thoughts. Uh, cause he has a lot of good ones. Um, but he always wanted to do Chinese food and the Chinese food actually went very well too. Uh, so we did a Chinese food buffet this past uh, March, uh, every Friday, Saturday, and a, a breakfast buffet on Sunday. Is, so is that something you plan to continue, or is that just like we tried it, like it was fun, but 
we tried it it was fun okay um you know and, and you know honestly we, we really don't make you know any money on the on the deal the the goal is just to kind of keep the staff working during yeah. the during the winter uh months when it's when it's slower not much for for weddings or anything going on um but uh yes i i think uh it was fun for uh for a while but i, I think i'm gonna um look for different sources of revenue during the winter too um did you roll egg rolls were you like making your own food oh i was running a sweatshop in there yeah absolutely did, i mean did you learn how to make some food you didn't know how to make before um yeah, or so other I, others maybe others did okay <laughs> yeah, that's right i didn't uh, know if you're like making dumplings and stuff in the back we really were no yeah uh so ashley again uh ashley guy who runs the kitchen for me uh she does a phenomenal job phenomenal job like she is a very prideful woman yeah. uh and she like she used to work at the violas home as well too uh here in plattsburgh uh, and, and so she knows, you know, about allergies and she cares, you know, and again, uh, like I said earlier, it just comes down to caring mm-hmm. and, and she's very, uh, prideful of the food that she puts out. And, uh, so yes, uh, she was showing the kids and, uh, we we're rolling our own dumplings, rolling our own wontongs, uh, made the majority of all the food really from scratch. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's cool. I mean, just cause it's not like a natural thing. It's like, you guys have, you know, your bread and butter you know, meals that you just know and have perfected. And then you have like, oh, let's try a whole different genre of food and or different, you know, whatever it is, a type of food and just make it work. Yeah. Because like our typical buffets, they're easy. Like when we cook on the weekends, mm-hmm. like people are like, oh my God, you cook for 300 people. Or, and yes, is it challenging? Absolutely. However, we got that down to a science. Like we've been doing it for so long. We have a nice little spreadsheet uh, in the kitchen where, you know, if we're eating prime rib, uh, prime rib dinner at six o'clock you know we got a little schedule that says you know throw the prime rib in at you know 2 30 turn the potatoes on at 4 30 uh you know so it's all timed out if you can read and write because i could use one more cook i guess the uh can i use this as a uh, advertising ploy right now absolutely yeah, yeah so i could use a uh it doesn't necessarily need to be a full cook i feel like line cooking like that is a tough job we've done it with the barnell creamery the, with the stand and stuff uh, with the buffet cooking, um, you know, if you can read and write, have a little common sense and uh, self-motivation, uh, you know, you can do the buffets with us. And and so I'm looking for one more person to uh, to, to help out with that as well, too. Um, so when you guys look at like different options, like you said, trying to like different sources of revenues and you you've spoke about your dad, are you guys constantly just thinking and like, what could we do? What could we evolve? Like, is that... Mm-hmm. Like, are you guys like good with like what you're doing or you're always trying to do more or always trying to evolve into something better? Uh, yeah, we're good. Every, you know, everything's stable, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going anywhere. Um, but yeah, I, I always like the challenge. Like I'm a, I'm a daydreamer sometimes, yeah. you know, in the free time. Like I think about, just, you know, like throwing a concert or something like that. And uh, I don't want to get into all that right now. But uh, yeah, different ideas. But really like uh, this past year, especially like different uh, businesses have been doing uh uh, meetings with us too like we do a couple probably like four meetings a year with agrimark okay. uh we do uh for the first time we just had upstone material uh they did some training seminars on a, on a tuesday and a thursday in the middle of the week um sean Beck, you know is another company coming this friday um uh, we do almost all the area fire department banquets yeah, yeah. Uh, those are all coming up uh, we do a lot of this uh, invite a lot of the suny plattsburgh students uh, they do a lot of their sorority fraternity banquets as well too you do uh, a lot of proms and stuff proms especially and, and my mom always loved the proms too for the sheer reason that uh growing up yeah whatever my, my growing up my mom's family was like super poor 
And, uh, and she always loved the idea that, you know, in this area isn't necessarily full of money where we live. Um, and she always loved the idea, the fact that these kids would go into a place with chandeliers, get all dressed up and would just have like a really nice evening, Yeah, you know, and later in their life, they may not get that again. And, you know, her and my dad were married in a courthouse, nothing big at all. Uh, they had the, the sheriff as like the witness or, or whatnot, or the deputy or whoever it was, yep. was yeah. a witness. Like, and so she really embodied like the wedding aspect and, and lo- sincerely loved to see people smile and like have these celebrations. And it meant, you know, more than the, the money or, or anything like that, you know, uh, it, it, she sincerely loved the, the people that, that came through the doors. Um, cause you guys do majority of the proms. Yeah. In the area? I mean, I went to Shazy, so we did ours at We're our starting, school. We do Shazy now. I, that's right. I thought so, yeah. um, which is definitely a change because it's always, always at Shazy. It's they, a big deal. It is, yeah. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I think most of the people that I know have proms up there, which again, at, you know, we both went to pr- you know our proms and, and you kind of just hit the nail on the head. It's like you don't really get to dress up and hang out with your friends and it's like a big, it's a big party and you look for, I think it's a... Uh, when you're a kid thinking about prom, it's like a big deal. Now you look back at prom and we're like, yeah, it was like it is what it is, you know. But like when yeah. you're a kid, like you look forward to it, and like especially when you're going, it's it's a big event. It's like yep. you, you got to get a date. And you you gotta, gotta, yeah, you get your date, you get your yeah. tux, you match. Like, what's the girl wearing? Do I gotta get little, get your buddies together? The little uh, the, the corsage and corsage. There you go. Yep. 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 Um, yeah. So I mean, it's just. It, it is cool, but I just remember everybody went there, and as you know, as I've gotten older, obviously the uh, we're almost to that season right now. Mm-hmm. All the uh, prom photos come out, and it just looks like kids are having a good time, which is fun, you know, yep. like a good safe place, and they all kind of have this big party. So, um, now what do, what do you guys actually? Two questions: um, Where did the name Rainbow Wedding and Banquet Hall come from? Um, I don't know. That's uh, I think we've had this conversation. I think we used, my parents used to joke. It's like. Uh, like they've had so many ups and downs. Like there's been different businesses and taverns, and and uh, my dad owned his own trucking company in Iowa uh, for a short period of time. I don't know a lot of information on that, so I don't want to get into <laughs> it. But but always been an entrepreneur, and, and yes, they've again lots of ups and lots of downs. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, so I think the rainbow is like I supposed to be like they're they're part of the gold at the end of the the, okay. the journey, you know. Uh, was supposed to be the, the the final big venture, I suppose, and in essence, it kind of was, you know. Because now people call it like the rainbow, like the, like the rain, like you hear obviously Pax, but it's like Pax or the rainbow. You don't really hear like yep, I rainbow, think it's, it's rainbow just, wedding and bank wall is the technical name. It was a technical, but I think most people just say like, where it is. It's like either it's Pax or it's at the rainbow. Like those are what you yep. hear. You know, the, the common folk that the locals or, saying a rainbow room. The, the out of towners call it rainbow room. The sometimes. rainbow room. Yeah, <laughs> you expect to go in and just see all these colors. Yeah. But, Which room is the rainbow room? I'm like, well, all of them. And then I gotta like like all of them is kind of like the rainbow. Then you got the blue, the white, the you know. But where's the red room? It's just down the road. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, so what, what do you think about, um, because although it's in beautiful downtown Altona, it really is like a destination place, you know, like when mm-hmm. you go to it and then I find that Altona is a smaller town. There's not a whole lot happening that people would really gravitate to go out there, but the rainbow is one of the reasons people go out there and it ends up, like you said, it's just kind of this, you know, party haven out in, you know, yep. out in the rural community. Um, was that ever a concern for your parents? And then how have you guys dealt with the idea that you aren't, you know, you aren't like West Side or you're not like right outside the town where people are like, oh, it's easy to get in and out. It's like we got to go to 
even though it's not that far, but it's still the right. idea that we're heading out of town, we're going there and coming back. Have you ever had to deal with that being an issue, or do you find that most people like that? It's kind of like a little bit of a road, or say road trip, but kind of a, a destination space to go and just, they know they're going to a party. Yeah, it, it goes both ways. Some people are like, boy, if you had a place like this in Plattsburgh, you'd have a gold mine. It's like, I don't really want to be in Plattsburgh. One, I probably couldn't afford the taxes in Plattsburgh. And, uh, uh, but no, it's, it's kind of right in the middle of everything. I don't want to say everything, but it's uh, it's in a good spot. You know, Plattsburgh, I live in Plattsburgh. It takes me 22 minutes to get to work. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you know, you got Champlain, Ross's Point, and one direction up Route 11. Uh, and then the other direction up Route 11, uh, we pull a lot from uh, Malone, Potsdam, Messina. Uh, they're traveling. There, there's not much to choose from over there, too. Um, and and one thing that, yes, you know, if, obviously most people are drinking when they come, you mm-hmm. know. Um, but one big, uh, thing that people love is the fact that we do that free ride home at the end of the night. Yeah. Um, we got the four or 15 passenger vans, a couple of soccer mom vans and my little super roof need be. Uh, and I tell people the more you drink, the further we drive. Um, but, uh, but yes, by getting that free ride home at the end of the night, uh, makes a huge difference. Cause obviously we're not, uh, you know, you don't have that luxury of just walking across the street to the hotel or, or whatnot. Uh, my dad always wanted to put up a hotel and we looked at it a few times, seriously, probably like three times or so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it just fell through for, for one reason or the other. But, um, but no, the, honestly, we don't have a problem uh, um, filling the rooms to an extent. Of course, you always want more, obviously, mm-hmm. um, as long as you can continue to do a, a good job. But uh, what's great about having the multiple venues is the fact that, you know, we don't have to try to pay all our bills off of one wedding. We can keep our pencil much sharper on our pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it kind of, it's a win-win for, for both the, the couple and, and ourselves. Um, by doing multiple weddings on the same day, we can, uh, you know, keep our prices a little bit lower to benefit everybody. And are the, sh- the shuttles are pretty well utilized. Oh, yeah. Um, so now are you the one doing the shuttling? Um, if it's the last one, okay. uh, cause I like to be on site till the end of the party. Just yeah. again, making sure everything's going smooth. Um, but a lot of times, uh, uh, Lindsay seems to be the, like the last one there at the end of the night, uh, closing up her bar and stuff like that. So if it's, uh, like one final run at the, at the very end of the night, she'll close up for me and then I'll make that run usually cause it's the Plattsburgh or whatnot. And again, I live in Plattsburgh, so it's, so you just bring it home, fall asleep, come back, get your car in the morning. Yeah. 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 Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, so I was going to, and this kind of jumps down to, um, like, how do you stay organized as, cause we kind of maybe touched on this, but how do you stay organized with everything that's going on? Do you have a system for it? Is it like just based on memory? Are you like a massive note taker or like a to-do list guy? Uh, yeah. One of two things. Uh, I love lists. I love crossing off my list. Mm-hmm. Uh, or I'll just be like, Hey, Brooke, <laughs> Brooke, we gotta, we gotta do this. And, uh, uh, or if somebody will like message me on like my personal messenger and, you know, I try to, I try to be better about like writing things immediately. Cause of course, you know, there's just a lot of moving parts. Yep. Um, but if I'm not like in the office, uh, with the worksheet right there or anything like that, I'll just take a screenshot. I'll send it to Brooke and that's how I stay organized. Okay. <laughs> really. So she's got it down then she's, oh yeah. She's well aware of the system. Okay. <laughs> we're, we're living the system. Okay. Perfect. Um, so the D, the DJing portion of it, you don't do it anymore, but what was that like when you were doing that? Was that, did you like doing that? Was that like too much to handle or was it? Uh, it was fun. It was great. At that time, we only had the three rooms. We didn't have the barn at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what would happen, my mom would uh, basically run two, you know, two of the three rooms 
and uh, and I would do whichever room I was DJing as far as uh, you know making sure the the dinner started on time and, and just helping the bride and groom with uh, obviously like the the flow of of things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love it. The, the most stressful part of that was just like the system itself. Like, it's always scary. I feel like, you know, is the music going to play? Is it going to skip? Is it, I don't know, the computer going to crash or is the speaker going to blow or, you know, just the, the technical aspect of it. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like I never followed the music. I still don't like, I listen to music obviously, but, uh, I'm stuck in like the, you know what I listened to in high school. For I'm the, the most same. Part. Yes. Yeah. And uh, and so uh, Joe Labombard uh, always worked with Jeff yeah. Matthews. Yep. And uh, so Joe was always on top of the music. So I would use him as the uh, uh, the music guy, the, the actual DJ, I guess. And and I was more the MC. I was. Uh, uh, yeah. And that's how I'm very thankful for the DJ business for as many years as I did for the sheer reason it really worked on my public speaking. Um, I remember the very first DJ gig, Jeff went with me. It was at the NAC elementary school fall festival something. <laughs> and and Jeff was like whispering in my ear, like, all right, now invite them to the dance floor. I'm like, I can't do it, Jeff. <laughs> well, not that extreme, but you know, it was, it was very nerve wracking. Like I was sweating talking to these little kids. And uh, what, what year was this? You said 14? Uh, I started DJing in 2010. So 2010. Okay. Wow. Yeah, I was just, like I always would look at you and be like, this guy could talk his way out of any room or talk to anybody. So that was not the case. You evolved into like no, I mean I was never shy by any means, but you know it, it's a different aspect, you know, of talking to a room of 200, 300 people with a with a microphone and and everybody like having eyes. all eyes on you. Yeah, exactly. Um, but actually, I feel like even back in high school, uh, I always did the speech. You know, the like the award ceremonies at the end of the awards yeah. banquet at the yeah. end of the season. Uh, I always did the speaking generally. But I hated writing it. I think Mike Rao, who works with you, uh, I think Mike would usually write it, and he always hated talking in front of people. Which he still just told does. us before, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I think he, and maybe someone else too, but I remember specifically Mike would always like write the speeches, and then I would read it uh, in front of everybody. <laughs> uh, that's good. Um, mm-hmm. But like, because I, I also remember and I, one thing I wrote down was like dancing. So like the DJing, the dancing. Obviously, like you try to get people like involved in the party, like mm-hmm. at. at and you have a, I mean, you have a good pulse on this. Like, at what point do you think, um, like, people just because dancing for a lot of people is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, like going out and like I'm gonna make a fool of myself or whatever. I mean, most of it nobody cares because like you're just dancing and everybody looks like a fool dancing. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, do you? Is that something you focus on at the party? Where like we just gotta get these people moving, and then like everybody's just gonna feed off the energy. Do you have a hard time with that, or do you kind of just like let the vibe go? Like, if they're not really big party people, you just kind of let it mellow, or if they're yeah. People are dancing before the dinner. Like you just. That's great. I love when people dance before the dinner. Yeah. As long as the dinner can still start on time. Yeah. So, sometimes the DJ gets too excited and like, yeah, I got them dancing. I'm like, you need to wrap this shit up because we got to serve dinner. Yeah. You know, but um, yes, I, I feel like because mo- most of weddings revolve around the dance floor to an extent. So mm-hmm. it is good to see like that energy. That's where a lot of the energy comes from. That's when people start drinking a little bit more, starting to let loose a little bit more, laughing a little bit more. Um, uh, so if I don't see anything moving on the dance floor, yeah, I'll go out there and shake my ass. Um, I don't, you know, it doesn't really bother me. Uh, I, I'm not too bashful. And if I make a fool of myself, I think people are more in favor of that. Like they think it's funny, even if I'm doing something like totally It's, it's probably on brand too, because you're like hosting like a wedding and party. So I think people like look at that. It's like, yeah. oh, that's the, like, yeah, like he's doing it. Like this is, that's what we're supposed to do. Is it like, yeah. oh yeah. I feel like if I look like the worst, then they're like, well, I can't look as bad as that guy. <laughs> You know, and so like I'll do uh, like the even as far as going as like the sprinkler. Or, is that your go-to? 
No, I don't know what my go-to <laughs> is. Uh, I don't know. I got I got a few uh, tricks up my sleeve, I guess, and uh, if that's what you want to call them, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I feel like if you can sometimes get like grandma, uh, up on the dance floor or something like that, or, you know, it just get people feeling comfortable, I guess. That, that's the win is getting granny up there. Oh yeah. They love it. I was going to say, I think the older, the better. And, um, what now, what is your, do you have an all time favorite wedding song and do you have an all time least favorite wedding song? Um, all time favorite. It's hard. Um, for a long time, I really enjoy, uh, uh, you know, I know. Uh, Club can't handle me right now. Club can't handle me. Uh, Flow rider. Oh you know, yes. Know. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh I, my, I go crazy. I'm sweating by the end of the song. Uh, that's a good one. Even <laughs> uh, uh, Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, Meatloaf. You know, it's a classic. Um, yes. So, because I always think of like Bob Seger, like old time rock old and time. roll, comes You're, out every wedding. Joe, who used to DJ with me, the Bombard, that's go to. Hated that song. Oh, Joe, <laughs> because he's been DJing. He started DJing, I think, with Jeff when he was. He was young when he started. Probably like 12 years old, 13 yeah. years old. Um, yes, so he just grew up with that song every uh, weekend. So he grew to hate that song. But yeah, it's, 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 it's good classic. to know about Joe. Um, yeah. But the, I always find that comes on like every every wedding. Yeah. Which he, is good. It's like a good generational vibe going on. Yeah. You know, for the DJ um, at the beginning, like after dinner, when like it's appropriate to start, you know, trying to get the dance floor going, essentially. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's hard sometimes. You got to put some feelers out there. You put some different genres. And, and generally, the older folks, they tend to go home first. So, you know, you kind of want to make sure they have a good time. So a lot of times the DJ will put some some little bit older music on at the beginning too, to uh, make them have fun, feel comfortable. Then they're gone home and then put on flow rider flow rider and here comes samson uh dancing here yeah here comes all the the fun dancing yeah. um so is there one that you hate though like you personally no so you're just whatever yeah i, I you know it's nice like i said I, if i keep moving i don't get tired and so having that music continuously well, going what about um like do people give you like do not playlists sometimes oh my god there was a wedding uh, I remember I was DJing in the white room and she gave me a list so long of music and, uh, and also do not play. Okay. Uh, so play this, do not play this. And, um, it was, it was all like good songs and stuff, but it was like, what's his name? Like Josh Radin or. Oh, oh or yeah. Yeah. Radin. Josh Ra Radin. Josh Radin. Yeah. And just like some like slow, deep songs. That, yeah. Uh, you know, maybe good for lovemaking, but not for the dance floor that day. And and so when I see the the bride and groom were outside, with, you know, I don't think they were smokers, but they're with people smoking or whatever. They go outside. I slip on some uh, some old time rock and roll or, or something like yeah. that. And then the dance floor start coming or start happening. And then uh, and then the groom had to come up to me and like, um, we told you not to play these songs. I was like, oh, sorry. I was just trying to get the party going. How uh, how um. Because you always hear of like, you know, weddings where people are like bridezillas and these people freak out and stuff. Do you guys deal a lot with that or is it like, no. it's pretty easy going? We, I tell the, like when I first meet with the brides, like I do that initial meeting, mm -hmm. like I told you, uh, I always tell the brides, I'm like, it's the brides that are quiet that make me nervous because I don't know what the hell you're thinking. <laughs> so if you keep uh, like, just like an open dialogue of yeah. things you like and don't like, I got thick skin, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Uh, I want to make sure you're 100%, 100% happy and not just close. You know, you're paying us, not the other way around. Um, so just like an open dialogue is, is great. And, uh, you know, we don't try to sell you something for just the sake of selling you something. We want to make sure it makes sense, uh, uh, to what they're going for, their theme, their budget, everything else. Um, but, uh, if anyone's going to battle, generally it's probably the bride and the mom, mm -hmm. uh, 
you know, you don't see it very often at all. Don't get me wrong. But, uh, but you know, in one essence, you know, if they're fortunate enough, you know, their parents are probably pitching in to help pay for the wedding and, mm-hmm. um, and, but it's, it's the bride's day. So at the end of the day, when I have to make a decision of who I listen to, the bride or the mom, uh, it's always the bride. It, yeah. it's it's the bride's day regardless who's paying me um and, and i try to be i'm very neutral you you should see some of the neutral stuff i've came out of um brennan what do you think well i see both sides of this you know and, and both fantastic yeah women and i you know want to please both of you and yeah. have a great day and yeah there's two sides to every coin and you know I, I try to be neutral and and they're like yeah that's a very political answer brennan well you asked me <laughs> you know um so but but uh because I, I always look like when you go to um, most weddings, and I think when you look at it, like you typically, like the food's important, but I think it's always like dancing, the crowd for sure. Like who's at the wedding, like mm-hmm. the fun, the dancing and like the drinks and stuff. Because majority of the wedding is like the party part of it. Like mm-hmm. you have the formalities in the beginning, but yeah, I think when people get, you know, too involved in like the linens and the place setting and like so-and-so is doing this over there or this you know, the food's 20 minutes late, like all these like random things, like things are going to go wrong. It's just like the nature of like, it's live, you know, you're doing like, this is not like a, you know, it's like doing live theater. It's like, there's always going to be slip ups and you just got to kind of roll with the punches. But I think Mm -hmm. the people that are just chill and laid back and like realize like, you're just here to have fun. Like, and you you almost embellish, like make it bigger than it actually is. Like it's a big event, but it's an event that you should look for all like the, the, the good silver lining positives about the day and like all the, there'll be little minor things. We will never remember those things. Correct. So I think that's like, I always hope like when people get married, like at any weddings I've gone to, it's always, you know, if you see, I try to make a point, like if I see the bride or groom, like this is great. Like, you know, everything's great. Even if it's like sucks, it's like, it's still great because like in their mind, like they want to have people be fun and very rarely do you go to a wedding and it's not fun mm-hmm. because you make your own fun it's with the people you meet, the people you're with. Like you kind of, oh, yeah. I think as long as you get people in a room together, people can have fun. Absolutely. So, yep. and it always makes us feel good too. Like it even just happened this past Saturday. I was talking to a past bride and, uh, many, many times we tell people, uh, or we don't tell people, they tell us, uh, like, you know, when I get back home, you know, people are still telling me like that was the best wedding they ever went to. And, and I hear that, you know, relatively often, which, which, obviously makes us feel good, but Mm -hmm. it's a whole sport cast. You know, it's important. Uh, Your venue obviously is very important, Uh, but having a a quality DJ, uh, super important. There's a few of them that I I really like working with, uh, especially when they come every weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, You know, especially, yeah, we just work well off each other. Um, You know, having a quality photographer too. um, But yeah, having those, those, those big things like that too makes a a world of difference for efficiencies. Like, is there... So like the wedding industry, I've had, I've had a few people come on that are like in the wedding industry, whether photographers or like Mickey Castine DJing, and yeah, um, Mike's you know, wanted to talk me into coming in here too. Yeah, Mike's great, and yeah, uh, but that, man. but if you like Mike, I would say is like a very premier DJ in the area. Like I think he just holds the crowd well. He's got you know he just understands. He's got a good like. Uh, um, he yeah. can he can read the crowd, but he under he's common sense. Like he just can feel it, and obviously Renee and like they're they're just great. I love when yeah when they come there, it's fantastic because yeah even like in the morning when the bride comes to get ready and mm-hmm. stuff like that, Renee is awesome with the videography. But yeah. if you know if the bride needs a drink, she'll just you know take it upon herself and help me because you know we're so close mm-hmm. uh, and just get things done. Well, that's why I feel like they're almost like a extra set of eyes for you, where it's like mm-hmm. you can slip away a little bit because you're like they'll be fine. Like I just know everything's a great be fine way to put it. Yep. They'll step up if they need to, and they're that they're just just that kind of people. Um, yep. um, so teamwork makes a dream work. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so now, what, what's the biggest challenge that you find like within running all this? Because again, logistically, a lot's going on. Is that 
is that like the hardest part or is it like staffing or is it you know um, just sometimes staffing energy? um you know it, it's just a well-oiled machine and i got people that care and I don't know, Galen. Like it, it runs smoothly. It's an enjoyable yeah. job. I stress out every weekend, and the staff knows it because you know it's getting to game day, and uh, you want everything to be perfect, and you want to prep as much as you can to make the day of uh, as easy as possible. And uh, and and I stress every weekend, and then they always tell me, you know, it always works out. Like stop stressing. I'm like, you know, I'm going to stress, but I appreciate you. Thank you. <laughs> you know. And, Have you gotten better with that, or is that still? Nah, you know, because at the end of the day. Uh, like you said earlier, I'm kind of the face of the business. Yeah. So if something goes wrong, you know, they're going to think, you know, Brandon fucked up yeah. or something like that. And uh, and I don't want that to happen because I take pride in the business. And yeah. uh, and I don't want to let my parents down who started a great business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so at the end of the day, and, and, you know, if something does go wrong, whether it's my fault or one of the staff's fault, I'm going to take the blame. Yeah. You know, it's because uh, maybe I should have done something better or, or whatever the case might be. So at the end of the day, it's going to fall on my shoulders. And that's the way I want it to be. Um, but I do always, I feel bad and, I, and the staff and I kind of laugh because, uh, not only do I try to take any criticisms, which thankfully isn't too many of them, uh, but they give me the credit, you know, they're like, Brandon, you did such a good job with our wedding. Like Brandon, and, and the staff is over there in the corner, like, mm-hmm, yeah, you did everything, huh? <laughs> you know? but we all know. And you know, that's why I keep saying it multiple times. Teamwork makes a dream work. Great staff. Yeah. And, and I mean, it sincerely, you know, there's no way I could do it by myself. No, I was gonna, I, yeah. The production you put on, there's a, a lot of people behind this. And when you go, you, you notice all the people there. So it's not like they're invisible and you can't see them. It's like they're working their tail off and they're, you know, slinging drinks or picking up stuff or just helping you with whatever I said. It's, it's a good group of people. Yeah. Um, sincerely. So a couple things I want to kind of go off a little bit. Um, can you talk about Jane's Fight Fund? Um, Love to. Obviously, how it's why it started, uh, but you know what you've done for it. What you know what's been the outcome of it. Um, kind of what's your goal for you know that going into the future. Yeah. Uh, so Jane's Fight Fund. So uh, my mom, her name was Jane. Uh, mm-hmm. Her and my dad started the business, of course, with the the Rainbow. Um, and so she got diagnosed with cancer in June, or I'm sorry, uh, November of 2016. She passed away, uh, July 8th, 2019. And, um, and so yeah, her cancer diagnosis and the, having the banquet hall, it was just kind of a, uh, something obvious to us to start, uh, some sort of fund to give back to local cancer patients. Uh, you know, I watched, uh, we, we spent quite a bit of money, especially, oh, I didn't, my parents did, spent quite a bit of money at the beginning, just with traveling, second opinions, going down to New York City for um, the Sloan Kettery, mm-hmm. um, and, and just different things like that. Uh, and, you know, again, we're not in a very high income area, and, uh, you know, we're probably a little more uh, financially better off than, than some others uh, with, with cancer uh, battling and and so anyway, it was, uh, and so knowing what it went, what it took and how good the community has been good to us to allow us to grow our business and all the love that they've shown, uh, my family through the years, uh, it made sense to start some sort of fund. So we started Jane's fight fund. Uh, what we do is collect money throughout the year and then three times a year. And we also teamed up with CVPH foundation too. So it is a true nonprofit as well too. Uh, and it's been great, uh, working with the, with the, with the foundation too. Um, Carrie and Karen do a great job mm-hmm. with us. 
Um, uh, so we collect money throughout the year, and then three times a year we'll go on Facebook Live on Jane's uh, Jane's Fight Fun Facebook page. Uh, we'll do a random drawing. Um, uh, we'll use our fancy uh, bingo set with the bingo balls, and and each number kind of coordinates with a, a person's name. Uh, and then we'll we'll draw three names three times a year. Uh, a mom's birthday, June thirtieth. We'll actually do a fourth one, and we'll give each uh, uh, cancer patient uh, a check for two thousand uh, dollars. So that equals out to twenty thousand dollars a year that we've given away. Wow. And uh, to, the only stipulations to sign up, you just need to be a resident of Clinton, Franklin, or Essex County, and currently be going undergoing uh, cancer treatment of some sort. And uh, since we started this, uh, we we teamed up with uh, the foundation. I think it was in 2019 or so, but we started our first giveaway. I think it was in 2018. But since we started doing this, uh, we've given away $111,000 to, wow. to local cancer patients. Um, but again, the community has been so great to us uh, and with the business. It was just, a, it was so obvious to, to do something to, to kind of give back to the community like this. Um and I, and I know you guys obviously do the big golf tournament in September. Um, oh, is, yeah, we're is North this, Country. North is it point. September or August? Uh, it's the last Sunday in August, August. generally. Okay, yep. and then um, the 5K run. Mm-hmm. Uh, what And anything else fundraising-wise that you guys do? Um, uh, coming up on Memorial Day weekend, um, uh, we do a big car show uh, that's put on uh, by Jerrica Manning. She organizes that one. Uh, I see uh, Facebook just started advertising that uh, I hate Facebook personally, so I got somebody who does that for for us as well too. Okay. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, so that, that's another big fundraiser event for us too. We get a lot of cars uh, that come to that, and honestly, like uh, the, a lot of the locals, like they'll do like their own little mini fundraisers on their own and then donate the money. I know like uh, Riley Ford's always been a big supporter. Like mm-hmm. uh, they'll do like a uh, pay five dollars to wear your jeans on a Friday. Yeah. And, and they'll donate uh, a couple times a year to us. Or if I ever need Chinese raffle items or whatever, they're always great too. Um, but yeah, garage sales. I, I've had people say, hey, I did a garage sale last weekend. Here's 200 bucks. Or mm-hmm. somebody at a wedding, you know, here's uh, uh, $20. So, you know, I miss your mom. She was great. You know, put this her Jane's Fight Fund. That happens a lot too. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be multiples of $100, it, you know, $5, whatever. It all adds up at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And and uh, yeah, we'll we'll put that in the the fund at uh, CVPH Foundation, and and then uh, uh, I tell them who to write the checks for after we do the giveaways, and and that's the way it works. Um, and if people wanted to donate, that like, is there a way they can find? You said it's on Facebook, like under Jane's Fight Fund. Yeah. So if you Google, uh, well, you either go to our website rainbowbankofahal.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can scroll down to the bottom, and that brings you to uh, uh, CVPH uh, Foundation website. Or if you Google CVPH Foundation and Jane's Fight Fund. You know, that page will pop right up as well too. Um, no, that's yeah, that's good. And like I said, I, I I knew your mom as like a kid. You know, like I said, when I was like a, mm-hmm. she was always good. I used to work the ice cream stand, so she would always like come up, and she was always very you know very nice and you know talk to us and yep. always gave us you know a couple bucks and stuff and tipping because I like I said someone like that she knew the value of like a kid at 15 16 years old like you know something sl- i learned about slinging a summer job oh yeah and they love their ice cream for sure yeah uh you couldn't make my dad's ice cream big enough you know <laughs> as large as you can make i like it. that i respect that yeah but something uh, i found out uh later in life after mom passed uh some of my siblings already knew this but i didn't know it uh like um altona used to do the old homes day uh yeah. in, in town and so they set up like a little mini bazaar at the church hall and stuff like that. And every year, my mom would just pick somebody out at random and just give them a hundred dollars who had kids, I guess, and give them a hundred bucks and uh, and just say, you know, make this, you know, 
spend this on your kid today, you know, whatever, whatever they want or whatever, you know, just, yeah. but you know, don't tell them it's for me or, or whatever, just uh, like a little angel gift of some sort. And, yeah. And just, you know, make this the best day that you can for your kid. And, uh, and she did that every year. And yeah. there was a lot of little things like that, that she did throughout the years. That I, I, I knew some of them, but, but yeah, she, I, I think she was, uh, she worked behind the scenes in, yeah. a good, in a good way. Like I said, kind of that anonymous kind of th- yeah, yeah. She person. never needed credit or anything like that. Yeah. Um, so switching gears, you went skiing last week. Do you ski a lot? Uh, I try to. I try to. Where, where do you ski normally? J Peak. Oh, you do? Yep. How? So I tried to go, well, I'm not much of a skier. I, I like skiing. I've, I've been skiing more in the last few years than I ever have, but yeah. I, I've always heard J Peak is like the best place to go or one of them. Well, it's accurate. Yep. So are you, they're not paying me right now. No, <laughs> how, how often do you get out there a year? Um, so I don't go much in December because we're busy with the holiday parties. January, maybe a couple of times, but we got, you know, f- a few things that we're doing around the business. But mm-hmm. typically February, March is when I, I generally uh, do most of my skiing, I guess. So that's by far your favorite place? Oh, yeah. I grew up because, uh, you know, in Champlain, uh, growing up right there, Jay Peak was an hour and 15 minutes. Whiteface was an hour and 15 minutes uh, from Champlain. That's all it is from there? Pretty close to it, yeah. yeah. So Plattsburgh takes me an hour and 45 minutes to get there. Okay. Um, and if you stop to the local Jolly convenience store uh, and buy a six-pack of Pepsi, uh, then you, they give you a voucher for a buy one, get one uh, pass at J-Peak. Um, so really? I'll, I'll either split it with somebody I'm going with or I'll find somebody in the parking lot and be like, hey, I got to buy one, get one. You want to go uh, buy a ticket together at the window? Heck yeah. And so, Really? Yeah. So the last time, uh, so it's a hundred dollar full price ticket. So the guy's like, I'll give you 60, you pay 40. I said, great. Sounds like a plan. Um, yeah. Wow. And then I'll go sell that Pepsi at the bar, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> that's good. So that that's anytime you go up there. Yeah. And the glades are great. Uh, I love, yeah. That's what I heard. I heard the glades like they're like yeah. one of the best ones in Vermont at least. Yep. Um, do yeah. you like going, do you like skiing glades? Yeah. So I went to Whiteface once this year just cause some other friends were going. So I was like, oh, I'll, I'll, go hop along with you um uh and it just reminded me like it, it was fun because i was skiing with other people it was ryan lee and his wife lauren yeah and uh yeah. so that was fun uh that's actually who i tried to ski i haven't skied with ryan this year but we usually ski a lot together he does well yeah yeah yeah. he's gotten uh, better because he's yeah he just started he told me a couple years ago or so yes yeah uh, he's got he got pretty good last year yep and um uh but yeah whiteface like it's all the, the trails uh it's fast you know it's fun to ski steep stuff sometimes yeah. and but boy, my legs burn more skiing those groomers than skiing in the glades because I don't know you're holding that position for so long and you got no choice but to go fast. And so what's your so I I've only really skied whiteface and Titus. So and I think I went to Smuggler's Notch in like a school trip when I was a kid, but didn't really know how to ski. So like mm-hmm. I don't even know how I did. Um, what's the difference between whiteface and like JP? Is it because I've heard whiteface. The snow's not as good because it gets very icy, but I've also heard that it's typically, if you can ski whiteface with the steepness and everything, you can pretty much ski any place around here. Is that true? That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So like J Peak's not as steep. So they, uh, it's still steep in certain spots, but no, whiteface is definitely steeper overall. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't think you can argue that, but uh, I feel like what J is just a little more dynamic with the the different uh, options that, that you can ski on. And they do like little fun things in the trees and you can either do... Uh, uh, you know, more dense trees, you can do some more sparse trees. Mm-hmm. Um, and the snow is always better, you know, cause it, it, um, uh, it shields the sun, you know, so the snow stays colder in the glades. And so usually it's just softer, poutier, uh, fluffier, however you want to say it. Yeah. Um, uh, as long as it stays below freezing and it doesn't have that sun effect, you know, it's, it's great in there. Um, how many, how big is Jay? Is it 
couple mountains. Um, so they got four, like peaks, four lifts. Uh, like what is it? I'd say three peaks. I guess uh, is the way that works. Um, yeah, over on the the main side, you get the the tram and the flyer. Uh, the flyer sometimes closes and the tram because of uh, uh, just the wind, the way it blows across. Um, but usually on state side too. Like I was skiing, uh, um, they had just one lift running the, by the end of the day, and between three and four and o'clock, I was still getting fresh tracks in the in the really in the glades. Are they are they uh, are the trails wider or or like when you go through like again? I, I'm compl- not the greatest when it comes to skiing. Like just. Like if you ask golf, like I played enough golf courses to be like, okay, I understand the different nuances. But mm-hmm. when you go skiing, are like the trails wider? Because you see these things out, like where you went in Idaho, like are you see more of like the bowls and you see kind of these bigger, spa- more spacious looks like the trails are super wide or the glades are super wide. Yeah, you won't find much for bowls out here on the east um, that I know, unless you're doing like backcountry stuff. Yeah, I think there's like maybe one out in New Hampshire. Yeah, I know there's like Tuckerman's Ravine and, and some other things like that, Mount Marcy even too. Um, real quick, I'm gonna pull up this quick video. I know obviously your viewers can't see it, so I'll be super fast because it's probably not interesting. But I did a pond skin while I was out in Idaho uh, last week, and yeah, let me uh, see this. this I killed it. So, so you, this is me and my. Uh, you want to explain what you're doing here? Yeah. Wow, that's you. That's me. Jeez. So uh, I'm in my USA uh, 1980 hockey jersey. Love it. And it's Aloha theme. And uh, so is this just a special thing they were doing that day? Yeah, it was the end of the season at that particular mountain, so okay. they do it every year. I was out there last year too for this, and uh, uh, they—I I just didn't have the balls to do it, I guess. And I was a little skeptical, and and I saw these kids in the morning. The ice was still like frozen over on the water in the yeah. morning, and uh, they picked out like these big icicles and icebergs and stuff, and and these kids that would fall—they're coming up all bloody. It was so funny, and <laughs> poor kids, <laughs> and. Uh, um uh yeah so i was like ah, i don't think i'm gonna do it and then this year i was i had a little extra so, courage too so so no, normal so how how uh like how does that work when you go flying through that so like you just kind of keep the, the skis up and like the tips up and just kind of glide over it or is yeah i was asking people too ahead of time too and like keep your weight YouTube do you keep your weight back or something uh yeah try to have good ski form like keep your butt over your heels yeah um so your knees are bent uh they're kind of loose and and uh yeah just just send it i guess you want i mean you were fast going over that that had to be what oh, yeah. maybe 50 feet so it was, like that? it was funny too again it's aloha themes so i like to go all out i like ridiculous things uh i'm a very ridiculous fellow uh and uh so i had the these instead of ski poles i bought some tiki torches and uh and i lit those on fire at the top before i started skiing down in that picture yeah but uh the guy at the top of the mountain he's uh you're not supposed to have poles when you go over because they don't want the poles to like puncture the liner mm-hmm. of the of the pool. And uh, he said uh, he saw the bottom of the tiki torches. You know, there's a slight angle or whatnot, so they do essentially come to a, a somewhat of a point. And he said you can't you can't ski with those because uh, it could puncture a, a hole in the liner. Uh, I said, sir, I don't plan on falling. <laughs> he goes, uh, uh, it doesn't matter safety reasons you, you can't oh. do it. And not to mention that you have the fuel in the in the in the flame or whatever yeah. the tiki torch. I said no, no. I, I emptied it out. It's just a wick that's wet. That was a lie. Um, and uh, and he's like, you can't do it. I'm like, sir, I need to ski with these poles. I wanted to win. You know, if I'm gonna do anything, I like yeah. to win. Yeah, what, what, I don't send. care what it is. Full send. And uh, I'm like, what if I just drop them before I get to the water? I'll drop them. He goes, you better drop them. I said, I will, sir. I'm a man of my word. I will drop them. And uh, you better drop them, he says. 
and uh and so i did so before i got to the water i i, I dropped the poles that's why you didn't see it in the video but were they were they lit when you were going down i did i mean i don't know how long they would have stayed lit if it's yeah they, they probably went out i was i i was i just straight lined it they told wait, me so they were lit when you started oh yeah that's so funny yeah yeah it was good and i attached like an oversized inflatable cell phone to the pole too so as i was skiing with the poles it looked like i was on like this huge zach morris cell phone uh as well too <laughs> crank, crank yeah the and i had the, my sister and, and i know some people i've gone out there like 12 years or so uh so i know a lot of, not a lot but i know quite a few of the folks out there and, yeah and so they were helping me get the crowd fired up like everybody's cheering as i'm skiing samson samson <laughs> and uh and so it, it was awesome I'm like I, I think i might win first place on this like i had a chance did you win? I did not. You know who? How did, how did they vote on that? Which one's more entertaining? Yeah, you know, it, it's not super. Uh, uh, so it's just, just like the clap, the clap rule. Like, who, who gets, yeah, there yeah. is a set of judges that sit there by the pool. If you can spray the judges, you know, it's bonus points. You do a trick when you come off of it. Uh, that's bonus points. You know, I was just, I didn't want to fall. You yeah, know, it was my first year. I just wanted to get across the damn water. And, uh, but, uh, but I, I bet, you know, part of costume, you know, how much you get into it with the costume. Yep. So I was, I was doing pretty well with that. And, um, uh, was, but you know who beat me? Well, there's no first, second or third in my mind. I came in second, uh, <laughs> but you know, who beat me was, uh, this guy was carrying a server tray with like a glass, a couple glasses of wine and stuff on it. But, uh, you know, of course you put saran wrap over the glass phony. Oh, you know, oh. <laughs> you know? I was like, that's impressive. But, said, yeah. Yeah. But, right. Is it did deserve to win? Yeah. But you're, you know, he's going so fast as, you know, obviously it was all taped down or, or whatever the case may be. There's no way to hang on to that going that fast. Um, as I say, how fast were you going? You think, uh, I don't know. I must've been going 30. Miles an hour? Uh, maybe a little faster, around 40, 40 or so. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, it's were... not super steep where the lead up is steep, but not. I mean, you got to carry steep. speed to go over that. Oh, yeah. Like for you sure. flew over that. It almost looked like. Yeah. If anything, I was. Like not you had to slow down once you passed it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. That's I was going full send. You know what changed my life for skiing? There's a movie called NAR. Gaff... This is totally irrelevant to anything, and your viewers probably have turned <laughs> this off at this point, but uh, Gaffney's Numeric Assessment of Radness, NAR. Uh, it used to be on. It's a movie? Uh, yeah, it's an hour and nine minutes long. It's on YouTube and, uh, uh, G N A R Gnar. And, uh, and it's basically about these friends, uh, Shane McConkey in particular, he was big in the nineties and, and so on, but, uh, he ended up passing away from, um, we did like not hang gliding, but you know, when they got those, like, uh, those flying suits on all oh, the squirrel suits. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. but anyway, so they, uh, uh, they're from Squaw Valley out in California yep. and they wrote this guidebook, uh, of of skiing uh squaw valley is this and, is this the guys that make a ski movie every year yeah they're all they're all big into ski movies yeah i think i've this heard of it. these guys yep. um and so you get different points for bn like if you ski butt naked uh you know it's worth bonus points if you ski a sick line while uh uh, calling your mom on the cell phone, you know, if you stop midline and take a pee or, you know, just, it's just kind of being a pompous jerk with your buddies and be like, uh, like this stuff right here. Yep. I mean, yep. I won't have the sound on, but just like going through when you see some of these guys going off like that. I don't do any of that. Yeah. I mean, that's just wild. But I mean, like, we, I mean, you take the, uh, the slides at Whiteface when you're like, going over waterfalls oh, and trees and rocks. Those. Yeah. They just opened a couple times I recently. I know. When I went there, I brought my backcountry stuff too uh, to see if I could get on, but they didn't have it open. Uh, do you backcountry a lot? Uh, not on the East Coast. I don't really know anybody. In the West Coast, uh, uh, you know, my, my sister, her husband, uh, they're all uh, backcountry guides at one point in their life. They're all Sun Valley trekking uh, interns. And so, you know, growing up with those guys once a year anyway, yeah, uh, it was a lot of fun because, uh, you know, you got the intern house as a party every, every night and you just go skiing and, 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 
that's it, I guess. Uh, but now, you know, everybody's older. They got kids. and, and So is else. that your favorite thing to do regarding uh, skiing is backcountry skiing? Um, nah, I like the, I like the resorts. I, I do enjoy backcountry skiing. Yeah. Uh, and when you get those fresh lines, you're by yourself. It's quiet in the back of the mountain, but you know, I like making turns. And so at the resort, you can obviously make more turns and, uh, but in the backcountry, you make better quality turns for sure. Like this, like, good Lord, man. Send it, bud. These uh, guys are just, I mean, dropping off cliffs, like. Yeah. I'll do like mini cliffs. Nothing like that. I mean, this is, in, look at these guys. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so yeah, they just kind of um, be like, you know, pushing each other. Like, Galen Trombley, I can't believe you're a pro. I'm way better than you. You know, just like stupid stuff like that. Yeah, egging each other on. Yeah. And Tanner, you remember Tanner Chauvin? He played against you in soccer. Will uh, E-Town. No, Tanner? Tanner Chauvin, yeah. Was it a Tanner Chauvin? There's a Shay Z Tanner Chauvin. No, I'm, I'm going with the E-Town one. Okay, I don't know him. E-Town one's probably cooler. Oh, uh, could be. Could I, be. I, I, I don't know the other one. Those are fighting words, but yeah. They yeah. <laughs> um, but like Joel, I uh, can't think of Joel's last name. Um, um, At E-Town? Yeah. Uh, Morris? Joel Cross. Oh, no. Cross. Uh, so I think they're just a little bit older than you. Okay, could be. Um, but And John Maryhew. And, and I know company. Johnny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, we did a bunch of skiing together and, and just playing this game with NAR and just, you know, so it's just, I, I like to push when I'm skiing. It's, it's it makes it more fun. So play. you're a pretty confident skier then? I like to think so. Yeah. Yeah. See, I look at this stuff and I'm like, oh, that, like I get a little bit of air. Not like if anytime I get air skiing, it's purely because I hit a little like hop that I wasn't, I didn't see there. Yeah. So I don't actively go out and look for jumps. Yeah. Nor do I. I don't do anything in the park or anything like that. Okay. I, I like the technical aspect of it. Okay. Uh, skiing in the trees and, and stuff like that. Um, I watched an inspirational video the other day. It's like a <laughs> ski, uh, uh, tree skiers. You know, they're not looking at the, it's like an optimistic way of looking at life. You know, they're not looking at what they could potentially hit. They're looking at the path to get through the, the yeah. obstacles. Yeah. And uh, I was like, damn, yeah, that's that's actually a great way to put it. Yeah, the glades, I was talking to um, a guy, I was asking him, like, how fast do you go down the glades? Like, he said, the hard, he goes, it's not necessary. He goes, the hardest part is if they're super narrow and you don't have a real good place to kind of like break speed. Mm -hmm. He goes, that's when it gets kind of nerve wracking because you like sometimes you just go and almost bail into it, like, not into the tree, but true. Yeah. Um, so like I, I do like skiing glades, but I'm like a very, I'm like a novice glade kind of person, but they're fun to do because it's just like adds a little, you kind of get those little spurts. It's and, technical. Yeah. Yeah. It's technical and it, you're almost like working for it versus just blasting down. So there's, there's a level of like, oh, that's cool. I made it through like, even yeah. though it's not that long of a distance, but you made it through and it just felt, yep. then there's like a it little bit of pride thing. Yeah. Yep. You get that rhythm and like moguls, I like doing moguls and you just make that rhythm. Mogul, yeah, I think the yeah moguls yet to be very well. You can go fast. I, I, I'm the same. I'm like slow. I'm like stop, get down to the next one. Like I kind of no. feel like I'm like plinkoing my way down through them. And that's fine. I feel like when you're doing that kind of stuff, you're skiing a little bit slower. Like you're spending more time on the mountain and having fun rather than just you know racing down to the chairlift just to ride the chairlift again. True. Yes. Yeah. I was gonna yeah. say sk skiing for me is like getting outside with some friends and just like having a good time. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not trying to break any like land speed records and, and yeah. fly down here. But no, um, agreed. So. Hopping back in, we'll kind of end with this just for time. Um, what is your vision for the rainbow going forward? Banquet Hall, everything you have going on, or like the, the Owl Barn Creamery? Like what's, how's it all tied together? Is there anything that you hope to, like you mentioned a hotel at one point? Is there anything that you have as like a pipe dream that you would like to do? Or um, Just keep it going efficiently uh, at this magic moment. Um, uh, yeah, improving the efficiencies and, and keep trying to get better. Uh, offering more services to, to couples um, and 
Yeah, I, I got like I said. Yeah, there's something else I'm trying to work on, but That's right. I don't want to get too too much into it. I guess. Um, but uh, but yeah, just keep providing a, a quality service. I I don't have any intentions on building any more rooms here any anytime soon um, or anything like that. I was gonna say yeah, you guys you guys are doing very well. But um, if people want to reach out or or book with you guys or look for openings, how do they do so? Uh, actually, before we end this, can yes. I uh, can I back up real quick? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I, I'd like to give a big shout out to my wife as well too. Uh, Allison, she's super supportive. Uh, like I work quite a bit, quite a few hours, especially in the summertime. And uh, she's just super supportive. Uh, she doesn't care when I come home or, or when I'm home, as long as you know, just try to keep her in the loop, to try to be a good husband and communicate and stuff. And and uh, and with the kids, uh, I try to get to many kids events as possible, which is is challenging. But uh, I am just super uh, appreciative of my family as well. Even like going skiing by myself, you know, I went to Idaho last week for ten days, and and uh, she knows uh, skiing is a passion of mine mm-hmm. and super supportive. Uh, working is a passion of mine, super supportive. Um, and even, you know, playing indoor soccer still, uh, super supportive. And, and is she, you said she's involved with, with the banquet hall and everything, right? You said like, whether it's decorating or just like insight or, you know, kind of consultation or it's consultations, but like giving you ideas. Yeah. So she's a teacher, but she definitely, uh, as far as giving me ideas, uh, of, especially with, uh, trends and stuff like mm-hmm. that, uh, she does a much better job in, in helping me. And like, even like when we built the barn, there was a book probably an inch and a half thick of different sh- chandeliers. She turned through every single page and looked at every uh, chandelier just to try to you know make sure we chose what was best for the for the business. Um, and so, yes, yeah, she she's willing to like help me with the research because I'm, I'm not good at decorating like that kind of yeah. stuff. That's again Pinterest is great because uh, you know somebody shows me what they want. I can assemble it. Like I can get the pieces together. I can get the right people together. Uh, Allison, she laughs at me because I got a guy for everything. And yeah. like we need a septic tank covers for for a project before. I'm like, yeah, I got a guy for that. You know, <laughs> you know, just yeah. little things. Uh, Johnny Bell texted us yesterday. He's like, hey, I need to break into a safe. You guys got a safe guy? I'm like, yeah, I got a guy. <laughs> you know? And uh, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, yeah. So Allison is, is she contributes. Uh, uh, in that sense and helping me with different research things and, and trends and what brides like and what women like. And, uh, you know, let's not kid ourselves when the bride and groom or bride and bride, groom and groom, whoever, you know, getting married generally, it's, uh, uh, just one of them usually making <laughs> the bulk of the decisions. Yeah. I, uh, no, I was going to say if you, when you go like by like, or spouse or whatever, in our case, our, our wife's, um, I think the same thing. Like, I don't know, like I come and work and I feel like that's not work. Like it's fun and it's mm-hmm. not challenging. And then like some stuff my, my wife does, I'm like, good Lord. Like I, you're like with the kids and everything else, you know, I try to, I always feel like I'm like the sidekick to her and that she's like leading the charge and I'm like, try not to screw it up. Oh, for sure. Yes. I try to like, keep the happy wife for a happy life because yeah. she does so much at home and, uh, and, and just for our family, uh, mm-hmm. as a whole, uh, yes, super thankful because I, I enjoy the family aspect of life and I, I wish I could contribute more to, uh, you know, the, the little things yeah. and, uh, uh, yes, she, she's, she's phenomenal. It's a divide and conquer. And I think I, yeah. and if you sound like, I think we both would be lost without our wife's hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, I think I could do it. And then I really thought I'm like, I think right now if something happened, there's a lot of stuff I wouldn't know that my wife just like does without even me thinking like i don't have to think about it but she just does it and like yeah and just having that love and that trust and and you know you you got nothing to worry about support system support yeah yeah i'm thankful to have that well great 
um, is... to get a hold of us uh, yeah. what's your question uh, <laughs> yeah uh, come visit us in beautiful downtown Altona don't blink on your way out you missed uh, uptown <laughs> um, but uh, yeah give us a call if, uh, uh, you can google us uh, Rainbow Banco Hall we've got the website um, Jane's Fight Fund uh, please support um, that money stays local right here to the community. Um, however, uh, folks, uh, cancer patients want to spend that money. We leave it up to them and the foundation. They're uh, trying to push me. I don't want to say push me, encourage me to do something like a make a wish or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I, I really didn't want to get into that. I wanted to write people a check. They spend it however they want because yeah. you know, your needs might be different than my needs. You know, one person might be spending on traveling or medical expenses. One person might spend the money on a lawnmower or whatever, you know? Yeah. Uh, so I didn't want to tell people how to spend their money and, uh, uh, but yes, at Jane's Fight Fund, uh, I love having that. Like it, it's just uh, it makes us feel good uh, to kind of give back to the community as yeah. well too. But a continual uh, legacy. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Brandon, this was this was good. No, this is this is. I was glad you came on and did this, and I think a lot of people recommended you too, which is oh, good. Yeah. Yep. So so like I said, this was. Good. I mean, I wanted you on anyways. But I'm saying like there's people that I know that really respect you and have a lot of want to hear what you have to say and i, I think uh I, i've always had fun up at the you know the uh, the venues up there and i think you know i'm probably in the very big my uh, my m- majority of people locally that would say the same thing so you guys put on a good party i appreciate it and i tell you i was nervous to come on because like i say i say some <laughs> dumb stuff sometimes that just because i just because i try to be funny you know it's just uh I like, good. I like to get a reaction out of people and make them laugh and, well your zingers i think hit perfect so they'll be good a rock on i kept them at a minimum here today too, i was gonna so say i think if not sta- he might do stand up later that might be part of his uh his gig Yep. So, uh, G- Galen, thank you. Thank you to my staff at the Rainbow. Thank you to my wife and my family. Thank you to my parents. Um, uh, yes, it's a uh, uh, Brennan's out. I guess I don't know. <laughs> that's good. All right, that's it. Episode two twenty six, Galen Trombley show. Brennan's out. Thank you for listening to the Galen Trombley show. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share the episode. You can follow me on all social platforms at Galen Trombley. Thanks for listening.